God, there's going to be a new Star Wars movie in like three weeks. Yeah, forgot about oh. that. Oh. How many tickets do you have? Uh, what do you mean? You, you say you've bought like two tickets to go see it or something like that? Like, yeah, we've got, we've got midnight release tickets and then we're going the next day as well. And we don't have ticket. We don't have tickets for the next day. They probably sold out by now, but we'll try. Uh, and this, these are normal seats. These are not IMAX. These are not 3D. These are. Not- they're, I think they're IMAX 3D because they were the okay. only ones you could get for midnight. Sure. Um, but I don't care. I've, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to get near that thing for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, you're like you're probably not going to get near it. I get yeah. to do the midnight release thing that I've never done before. So that'll be interesting. Uh, probably yeah. be fucking You've never weird done that for a mo- I suppose I'm trying to think about the last movie you would have done. Probably one of the launch. Marvel movies or something, but... Yeah, maybe. I've not done that Perhaps. yet. So some fucking weird... If you think I'm weird, there'll be some fucking weirdos oh, there. Oh, you're but... going to see some shit. Like... I, 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 I want to see lightsaber fights in the queue for the cinema. That's what I want to see. That'll be the least of your fucking worries. Believe I, that's all I want is two nerds with lightsabers fighting. I'll be like, yes, at least I'm better than those guys. <laughs> they probably <laughs> don't know what's in their lightsabers than I do. But at least I'm not pretending to use. <laughs> you won't, you'll be able to give them tips on the forms. But... Well, actually, yes, you're right. I will be able to give them tips on their forms. I wish I wish so hard that microphones could pick up me shaking my head right now. I just wish they could vocalize it in you some to way. Go lower down on your crouch when you go to Chicho Shans because it's defensive. You need to be planted on the ground. <laughs> defensive <What>? stats. <laughs> God damn it. Internet. It's the 24th of November 2015 and this is the Game and Start Podcast. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. Right, Ewan, I've got a question for you because something happened. Okay. Uh, how old were you in like 2000, 2001? Oh god, uh, 21 and 8, 7, 6, <laughs> like 15? No, 14, 15, something like that. 14, 15? Okay, which may be about 10, 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's about right. Okay. So, at that time, what was the like premiere cartoon that we watched? Oh God! Like, one of the premiere cartoons that we watched at that time. Uh, um, a lot remember. of kids watched it. To be honest. I mean, yeah. Actually. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what you're getting at, but okay. Well, right. Do you remember Digimon? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. You remember Digimon? You remember how amazing Digimon was? Of course. Do you know that Digimon's back? No, I didn't. So there's a new set of movies being re- or I've seen being released, has been released. One of them has is apparently like three or four of them. Okay. Has been released that it's like the original Digi-Destin from the first series that we know from when we were kids. The digi De- I have not heard the phrase. That's what they were called. I know, I just haven't heard that phrase in the quite Digi-Destin. a while. Yes, sorry, continue. Um, them... In high school, and then something bad happens, and they have to use Digimon to save it. But I watched this movie like about an hour ago, just before watching it, before coming here. It's exactly the same story 
from that season of Digimon, except they're all high school kids. It's oh, really bizarre. Like, yeah, it's still the same. Like, like you said, the, it's the same kids. Yeah, it's the same kids, except they're now in high school, and the Digimon are coming into the real world, and they need to stop them because they're bad. So what? If they just do you think they just updated it for, like, I've got, no, remaking I, it or? Well, it's suppo- I, I assume it's supposed to be aimed at people like us, because it's like <laughs> people who remember the original series that are now slightly older. Because it's it's done in like the modern anime style where everything's like really clean and like bright colors and the themes like uh, overly euphoric pop, uh, not pop punk, uh, pop rock song. Sure. And Do the fight scenes, the fight the scenes are actually like fight screen. What? Do they make reference to the old season? Like, is this? Yeah, everybody like talks about stuff that happened. Okay, and so, all it's the not, so it's not just same, like they're, so. they're they're recasting it. No, no, no. Like, no it's like the, it's a continuation of the story. Okay, fair enough. Um. And, like, yeah, everybody's still, like, the the leader guy is still, like, really reluctant to do anything. The blonde guy who's in the band is still a massive dickhead a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, like, there are people that are still in love with one another but won't tell each other because they're now high school kids. It's basically what it is. I discovered this I discovered this about halfway through watching it. I talked to someone about it. Is it's, it's Digimon colon Persona. It's huh. Persona Digimon. Because it's like, these kids have got high school lives and have to deal with big high school problems. Like, oh, I'm in love with this girl, I wonder if she loves me back, and oh shit, I'm so angsty. But there's also this <laughs> other realm where they have to go and fight monsters and be yeah, heroes. That, that sounds and a lot went, like Persona. It's just Persona again. And I watched that first movie, and it's it's kind of bad, but at the same time yeah. it made me feel like I was 10 again, because like, oh, it's all the Digimon or whatever. I always... Still Digivolves into Angemon, and that's amazing, and... I always preferred Digimon over Pokemon. I just, I thought it was... Yeah, I always preferred Digimon as well. Um, yeah, I can't quite place why, but it was always... Because Digimon was... Or, Pokemon was bad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. Did you also Pokemon they were all, was it was old, all bad, to be honest. But Pokemon was old by the time it got to us. Like, Digimon was at least shown here, I think, around... Like within True. a couple Wait, of years of it being made, we watched Pokemon when we were even younger than that. I think I must oh, yeah, have been yeah. like eight or nine. I was still when... in. Was I still in? I was in early high school, like first yeah. year, second year of high school, maybe. Yeah, so I would Pokemon have been like seven or eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. When Pokemon was a big, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so yeah, that would have been. Yeah, so I, I guess that was when I, like that came out and. I don't know, we never really did it, and then when D- Digimon came out, we were more... I guess we were older. I kind of... <laughs> more discerning in our tastes. I don't know, you were 15, I don't know why you were watching Digimon. It made 14. sense for me to watch Digimon yeah. 14. Right, yeah. you're a teenager. You should have been one of those angsty high school kids yeah, that was all... Was, oh, you I'm, were, but... Yeah, but I was also an anime nerd, so like it was the Ooh. closest that I could get. Oh yeah, to. you went to... Uh, what was it called? Technical Drawing? Where yeah. you're... you're folio folder had a picture of the main characters from Evangelion on it, right? No, it was a Gundam. Was it a Gundam I had? I think it was a Gundam actually I had in the front. I thought it was that shot of the three main characters from Evangelion and like a portrait. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. That was that. Yeah. I did have that. Yeah. That's and your friends called you somewhere. like... It's probably in my cupboard, actually. I could probably I look so. for it now. I think so. But, um... I, yeah, and all your friends called you weird anime person. I mean, yes, I like was. Like in all them Japanese cartoons. Yes, I mean, I was a weird anime person, so it's fine. Yeah, but that, that was at a time where it was like, 
like new to be a weird anime person because like oh, all totally. the adult stuff had hit this country so like evangelion and stuff had hit this country so we were all because everybody tumblr, went oh shit tumblr wasn't a thing yes so, <laughs> tumblr does ruin anime you're right t- uh, yes Tum- Ugh. tumblr anyway. is the worst thing to happen to anime you're absolutely right it's yeah it's kind of scary at points um, that and Sonic fanfiction that was the other thing that ruined anime oh yeah I didn't tell you about this alright I can tell you about this though oh no uh, this, do I want to know this is this safe yeah, to you air do. it's great uh, okay. it's fantastic we I was at, I was at, uh, hanging out with some friends on Saturday we were at the LAN okay. uh, that happens in our uni every couple of months uh, and we were talking about uh, I was talking to another guy who's also like a musician he plays guitar he's actually in a band and stuff like that sure. we were talking about like music from video games Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about music from Sonic games, sure, and how like needlessly, like needlessly over the top and like hype everything is, and yep. it's all like lyrics about friendship and you need to keep going and blah blah, and like how much we really like the Sonic Heroes theme song and the Sonic Heroes theme song is pretty great. Yeah, yeah it's an amazing bad way. And I, oh yeah, it's awful, but it's it's great in the best way. Yeah, and then like the Sonic the the Sonic Colors one that I'll let you hear. Uh, at the end of this, because yeah, it's, it's also that, ridiculous. Actually, yeah. Okay. Um, and we're talking about that. It's like, man, how how difficult do you think it would be to actually write one of those? We're like, like I don't, I don't know, because they're like all the same. It's really formulaic. You just need like big power cards and lyrics about friendship and never giving up and like reach your dreams and all that sort of thing. We're like, we could probably do that, right? We're like. Yeah, we could give that a try. So I think I might now be in a band that exclusively writes Sonic theme music. Well, can I make a suggestion for your set list? Because I was cleaning out my... We've already started working on it, so yeah, you could take Um, I was cleaning out my MP3 collection, and like in my random folder of like non-organized crap Was it Seaside Hill? Well, no, that's organized in in my playlist. That's that's played every day. Yes, but um, I had the Beyblade theme. Oh god, yeah, we talked about that. Just Um, speaking of like power cards and like yeah, that Friendship was all just big heroes cards. style music. We talked about that, and we decided that that was going to be like our uh, intermission song. It's like our one <laughs> cover that we do, and it's just like really high because it only lasts for like a minute and a half. It's just like really high energy a minute and a half. What do you mean? And then we just there's back lyrics in, in it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. It's an actual song, isn't there it? There is yeah. lyrics in that song. How long is the Beyblade theme? I'm going to look this it's up. It's like a like minute and a half. It's not. That's that what long. I thought. Yeah, it's like a minute and a half of just pure like power and energy and we're yeah. like that would be really good in like the middle of a gig basically we're like yeah that would probably work so we did that and then we just started designing a set list and we're like it has to end on the sonic heroes theme and if you remember the like the drum beat it's all like really like hi-hat heavy and really intense we're like so what we can do is the that's our like encore song so like we, we go off stage and the crowd are like well more more because obviously they want more because we're amazing obviously and the drummer comes back on and just him and he starts doing the drum beat for Sonic Heroes and because it's really high energy and stuff like that he could just keep that rocking while we all like get out on stage and like hype the crowd up and plug our instruments back in and eventually it just goes one two three four we just kick into it like yeah that'd be pretty great (laughs) for like the seven people that would show up for that yeah. Do you not want to go and see a band that exclusively plays songs I'm not saying I'm not one of the seven I'm saying there's going to be seven people there Oh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be <laughs> the best band to ever play Sonic music live. And then we're going to write one, and then we're going to get bought by... Who owns Sonic? Sega? Sega. Sega. Who They're owns gonna buy Sonic? Our music. Game it's like, it, it confused me for a minute. 
game engine start where you come from your high quality video game Who's questions Sonic? like who owns Sonic who's this Mario guy that people keep talking about I don't uh, know he's a plumber or something I don't know he's got a Wario now there's a man yeah man after my old heart exactly <laughs> more of a Waluigi person Anyway, um, video games. Yes. Actual video games. Sorry, that was just a weird diatribe. It's fine. Um, yeah, so I actually have a bunch of stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, yeah, because you went to event, an event and stuff I like did, that. So you but can... I'll, I'll get to that. Um, the Actual real-life person yeah. that does things. Um, so the stuff I'm continuing, like I'm continuing on with MGS5. I'm now officially on Chapter 2 and won't say anything more about that. Ah, yes. There so you've done, you've done the main thing, yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I will ask is, like, I've been told there's about 50 missions yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah. And it unlocked, and this isn't really a spoiler because this has come out before, but there's the subsistence missions and the extreme missions, yeah. which are yeah. in the, the numerical list. They don't count. Cool. They're, they're, they're not strictly relevant. And, like, so you know how all the story quests were, like, in sequence? Mm. So it went from, like, mission one to mission 30, whatever it is, to end act one. Mm-hmm. And then jumps from, like, 31 to 34 to 37 oh, to nice. 39 and then 40 i think that's okay. how that works cool but the rest are all subsistence missions so if you get to a point where you don't have another story mission to do do like a couple of side ops or try one of the subsistence missions and then you'll get a message from miller that's like hey come back to the base something's happened and cool. okay that's good when know. your next story quest is good to know so i'm continuing on with that so that was the only the, the only random thing um that i'm continuing with um, so there are other stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I, I tried the two PlayStation Plus stuff for this month. For really PS4. two? Well, it was normally like three or four. Two per platform. Oh, okay. So there's sure. two PS4, two PS3, and two Vita. So what was it? So this month it's uh, Magicka 2. Oh, um, yeah, sure. They put that out. Um, you can't play that game by yourself. No, That's... as I discovered, you can. <laughs> well, you can, but it's not easy. You need me to plant, like life-destroying mines on the ground the entire time and also playing that thing in a controller is like a nightmare yeah it's so basically you've got because there's eight elements so there are four of the the four are mapped to the the symbol keys and you hold l1 which gives you the other page yeah so then you've also got like the cast to sword and cast on self so that's like um l2 r1 and r2 are like the modifiers for that stuff so like the sure, self cast, yeah. sword cast, yeah. and beam cast, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that's like that that thing. Still, I really like the sense of humor in that game. Um, yeah, Magicka was always pretty good. Yeah, but I've just we've never got around to playing two. We should no. do it though, because re- I really enjoyed playing through one. Yeah, if it's on sale, I'm totally up for for getting the proper mm. keyboard to be able to play that thing and play with that. It's way easier with a keyboard. Um, the other side was a, a game called Dragonfin Soup. Which is a I think weird... I've heard of that before. Yeah, so it's like a it's a two D it's like an isometric um yeah like an isometric RPG but with kind of roguelike elements. So the roguelikeness is if you like en- like enemies only move when you move. So you move a square and enemies move a square. Oh it's, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's roguelike, but I can't think of another name for it. No, it's that's just how the thing moves. Well, yeah. it's more just about how the game operates, yeah. more than movement. Um, and it seems to be the story. I'm not. I, I like. I played it for longer than I normally play these kind of games when they come and play. A oh, sport. it's it's this game. It's the one with like Red Riding Hood with a gun. Uh, yes, okay. that, that's one. So Red Riding Hood with a gun. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what else is happening. Like the the first batch of stuff is like a bunch of fetch quests and go clean out this area. And there's like yeah. leveled dungeons and stuff like that. It seems kind of interesting, but. 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> know enough really to yeah, say sure. yet. Um, they are kind of missing the humor slightly. Like there's a, there's a. Is it supposed to be funny? It, it was. I think so because it's the difference between like because I played that first and then I went into Magicka and Magicka is funny because it catches you out like it catches you with like really like side on wordplay like it'll come and yeah say, like oh the, the the I think there's there's a line somewhere in the intro of Magicka two where it's like and the world can only be saved by one to four players and you're just like oh okay right, yeah you're pretty- I was really good at that and like just being completely out there style humor mm. it was just like completely ridiculous a lot yeah, of the time totally um so there was that but then dragonfin soup does things like you walk into a room and there's like an old dude who's dressed like finn from adventure time oh awesome. and they don't do anything with it oh he just looks like a guy there and i think he's got a name that kind of sounds like finn and that's it and there's like weird meme humor in there as well sure. it's just like it's... it doesn't quite hit but um yeah it sure. itself seems kind of interesting and there's like there's shit tons of loot, there's crafting, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Um, huge, big... What's the technical name for, like, your RPG... The RPG, like, your inventory, where you've got, like, your dude, and you drag things onto their helmet and hand. Like, paper doll? Is that the phrase? Uh, the RPG, I don't know. Paper doll. I've never heard of that. Whatever it is. I just, like, I just, I just call that, like, Baller's Gate, or... Yeah, like, your inventory screen is covered in slots, like, you can wear, like, yeah. four rings and two necklaces and all this kind of stuff. There's plenty yeah. of stuff in there. But yeah, like it seems kind of interesting. I might give it another shot and see. Like it seems like a totally reasonable kind of time sink game. Like yep. you can run in, do a couple of things, and run out. No idea what the overarching story is, but we'll see. Um, so was that we did the uh, oh my mind blank uh, Lego Dimensions. We got the Portal Two pack. Oh yes, and uh, jumped into that. That, that thing, for your birthday, yeah. Yes, that yeah. thing is amazing. It has everything you want. And they've pulled every part of Lego Two uh, of Portal Two out into Lego form, and it's amazing. They have Sweet. like everything from like there's a Lego Cave Johnson in there. Like Cave Johnson does his voiceover. He, there is the is it, is it actually is it the guy or is yep, that sound totally. like, is it it's actually um, J.K. Simmons? Yes, it's totally him. Uh, like there's a there's a lot of Wheatley in this one. Uh, they make reference to the end of Portal Two, like um, what happens there. The gels oh, like are, how? Yeah, the gels are there. You do all the Ratman stuff. You go behind the scenes. There's you go into like old, um, old aperture at one point. Like everything is in there that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really really cool and really really well made. Uh, and I and then there's the open world section of it, which is a whole Portal Two open world section. And there's just a lot of like in, like. Self well, that's the that's jokes. like the the. Like bit of Lego Dimensions, you can go into. I can't remember what they're called, but there's like that portal room where there's like individual ones to each yes, universe. They're the adventure. It's like, it's like free roam, isn't it? Adventure worlds. Yeah, adventure worlds in there. But yes, so you get so for every world you get character of, you get to go into an adventure world for that thing. And yeah, like there's a section where you you do a puzzle and it then it shows the and it builds like you build out of Lego the container where you start Portal Two in and stuff like that. Like it's they they know their audience and they are doing. They're doing the right things with it. It's very, very cool. Sure. Um, and lots of Wheatley, which is always a good thing. Yes. Really Stephen Merchant is just incredible. Like, one of the best things he's ever done, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I now have, a, like, a like a Lego companion cube and a Lego turret, which is... Because awesome. you really need those. I do. You'd be surprised. I didn't think I did, but I've discovered that. Actually. Now that you've got them. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, so the, the big game I played this week, this month, was um, I finally got a chance to play... I've discovered the 
appropriate pronunciation is Sybil. Sybil. Sib- oh Sibling. yeah, that game. It's that Sibble. game about about teenage sex and that. Yeah, so put it's it very bluntly. Sybil yeah. is apparently Sibble. the pronunciation. Okay. So this is this is a game. It's not we, CB or no Sable or however no. we were going to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, this is a game by um, well, not written by Nina Freeman and uh, developed by her studio, whose she, name I can't remember. She's working with Fulbright on Tacoma. Yes, now. so she's now yeah. working with with Fulbright on that. Um, but this is a game very. Again, this is one of those ones where game is kind of stretching. What is it, it's is it an interactive experience? Kind of, yeah. It's it get it it knows what it's going for and really goes for it. So it's basically revolves around the and it's also pretty autobiographical from what I can tell and from what yeah, I read about it. I was I read an interview with her or something like that. She was talking about how a lot of the stuff that happens is just based on things that happen to her yeah, or totally. like close to what happened to her. Yeah. So it's a you basically get the the game revolves around you the, her the desktop of her computer and you boot into like an MMO style, like an old style MMO, like I, I can't even think of like like a, a point and click, like just click on things like to kill RuneScape? Kinda, maybe, like a RuneScape or, what was it, Ultima or something like that? Probably like an Ultima that, yeah. but like a kind of fantasy Ultima um, fan- An Ultima was fantasy But like a fantastical, right, like, sure I, to, Yeah, sure, I get what you mean um, Over the top version yeah. of yeah. So it kind of follows her story of her being, and it, follow, it spans over like six months of time, whatever it is, and it's basically about her um, dealing with a relationship with somebody that she's met in this game and can't really say much more than that without yeah. telling you what happens. Um, it's it's a game that made me very uncomfortable for a number of reasons. Um, one, because there was a lot of stuff in there where... I could see myself in that, like the I am conversations that happen and things. You're like, oh god, I right. was 14 once as well. Like that was that kind of thing. Yes, we were all 14 once. But like, it, it brought back like MSN memories and shit like that. Oh god, yeah. Um, so maybe MSN, very, man. Yeah, exactly. What a time. So it made me very uncomfortable because I was like, oh shit, I hope I didn't sound like this at that point. And probably, you probably did. Totally did. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. And um, so it's that. And the other thing is that this is a very like a lot of um, a lot of Nina's Nina Freeman's games before have been very much about like sex and relationships and that kind of yeah. stuff, and she does not hold back on this stuff. Oh, and in like in this game, it, when you start a new chapter in the game, like you're on her desktop and you can just like poke around in the desktop of her computer, and there's just like photos of her with not a lot on and that kind of stuff. Oh, like it's okay. part of the story, but it's it's in there, and it's a very I can't think of another example of a game that's so kind of like obviously being autobiogra- autobiographical. Like, there's going to be a lot of heart in that, but mm-hmm. there is a lot of heart in that in every possible way, and it's a very daring thing to do. I think, especially with like everything that's been happening over the past couple of years in regards to to um, the discussion women of games. sex and video games, yeah, and women sex and games, yeah. women in games, female developers, that kind of thing. Um, it's a very brave move to literally expose yourself to that level of degree in here, yeah. um, and it's an absolutely fascinating thing. The story, the the story itself is very self-contained and very kind of very well acted as well. So like, she voices her own character in there. There are a couple of there's one other voice actor in it. There are some full motion uh, FMV sections of just like 
I don't realize when we talk about games and we talk about like things shot with a camera, we say FMV. There's movies with actual people in there. It's like, FMV, yeah, yeah. Full motion. That is full, full motion, motion video. video. Yeah, that's exactly what that that's is. Exactly what that is. Um, so there's six. There's bits of that in there. It is not very long. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It's four pounds, I think, four or five yeah. pounds. It's a very, very interesting thing that managed to make me very uncomfortable in the best possible way, um, and really kind of got across what she was going for and all in and all of that it's a very very cool thing it's a very very cool thing the actual mmo part of it is not particularly engrossing but then again from what i can gather neither were a lot of the games of that style at that time like it's very much a case of you would go into the world as a 2d character and then there would be random mobs about the place but you click on till they die and then a larger mob appears and then that's your boss and then that's the the chapter very early MMOs were much like Monster Hunter is today. It was mm. just very, you kill things to kill bigger things. Yeah, was, that's basically what it was. And it's, There was no like zoning or yeah. uh, questing or anything like that. Was, and in this case, that is basically a mechanism for them to gate the voice story conversation. No, yeah. the voice conversation that's happening. There's basically, it's you and the other the other character, or Nina and the other character are having a, a, like a Skype chat at the same time. Oh, okay, sure. And it's a way of gating like the progression of that. Yeah, um, it is very very cool. If you have a spare a spare couple of quids, uh, by all means pick it up. It's a really cool nar- if, narrative thing. Um, <laughs> narrative thing. This narrative is very fun of me for Especially, not having hard hitting journalism. I know, like say a, narrative thing. Yeah, if you're if you if you like narrative focused um, experiences like this, then yeah, it's well it's well worth picking up. If you like um, blinking lights in front of your eyes. <laughs> Especially if you're kind of my age and went through either MMOs or MSN or that kind of... You never went through MMOs? No, I'm saying or. Or, okay, sure, So yeah. if you were in the MSN... We all, we all had time, awkward teenage conversations on MSN. You, that's, yes, even the, me. If you had the awkward teenage conversations on MSN, you'll probably get something out of this and probably internally cringe and hope you weren't like that, but totally, totally were. Yeah, um, we've all had Bebo Messenger... Yeah, I actually know we haven't. I never had a people, but no, I, I had people for like six months. I think before mm. I this is shit. I didn't get Facebook until first year of university. So we all, we all, we were all at MySpace, and then we all jumped to people about six months before Facebook hit. <laughs> so we were on, so we were on people for like six months, and everyone was like, "This thing's way better, guys. We should probably just jump to this." Like, I know we can't draw on each other's walls anymore, but yeah, yeah. we can't draw decks. On. Yeah. God. wall or whatever so anyway i wonder I, I think i remember checking recently and people, people still exists it does I but i don't think any of our details exist at that no, point i think we'll, the nuke the whole thing so. you have to start again but. yeah much like myspace is now just a place for musicians to yeah. put music out on yeah why would you use that when you could use like soundcloud, SoundCloud or yeah. bandcamp or any of that kind of stuff the actual good ones yeah um so that was that so yes it's on steam and i think on hio how do you well. pronounce it again sybil Sybil. Yeah, so it's C-I-B-L-E. Sybil. Um, so yeah, go check that out if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, so... What, is that the last thing? Yes, you went to that place. I went to an event, so I've talked about it a couple times before, but there's another Games Are For Everyone event in Edinburgh. Uh, I should really come up to one of those things at some yeah, point. They're, you they're, need to tell me more in advance. And I'll... I, like, I got this email a week before it happened. Like, sure. I, I, I'd completely missed it. Um, sign up to our Facebook page. So there's a group called The Hit Point. If you look for them on Facebook, um, you'll find them. They're responsible for organising this night. They organise a bunch of game-focused nights over Scotland, but this is their big one that they do. So this is the third one they've done. Um, and it's... I, I've talked about this before, but it's basically like a collection of, like, 
Scottish or Scottish developed games in one place with their developers, so you can go and play them and talk to them and do all that kind of stuff. And it's self promotion for them, and it's cool to go and see prototype stuff or stuff in development or stuff very, yeah. very early on. Um, a lot of stuff we, comes from we like. What did you see last? You saw you saw totally not Windjammers last time. Gyrosphere, uh, yes, that was the one. And you uh, talked to. Did you not talk to Space Bungie, one of them, at some point? Uh, Space Bungie, I talked to at the first one. They showed off yeah. their thing. Um, and then, so there's uh, good people there. They're, they're doing they're, good things. There are always some interesting stuff. So this 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 week, this this time around... This time, this three, volume, chapter. Um, this is the biggest one they've ever done. Normally they have like two rooms of a place called the Mash House in Edinburgh. They now have... They took up that whole place. They have four or five rooms and oh, cool. they're all doing different things. Um, they also had Carrie Ellis in there. She was um, talking about, or she was there to to be talked with, um, and was uh, talking about her book that it just came out. So, oh yeah, um, I forgot she did. It. Yeah. Oh, now I've completely forgotten what the book's called. In bed with games is the name yep. of her book. I need to pick it up at some point. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, like she was, she was very busy for the whole night, so I would never get a chance to go up and and say hello. And I don't even know what I'd say if I would, but I need to go read that <laughs> book at some point. I've read one of the parts in it. And actually, to go full circle, there's a whole chapter with where she spent some time with Nina Freeman and talked about how she makes her games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, the actual games that were there, um, let me just get my notes up. I, I, It's kind of weird. Like, this is, must be what it's like when people are at E3 and you're just writing notes on shit. It's that you're like, seeing. I can't. Uh, did like, you actually just, take a notebook and a pen? I have. No, 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 no. I have, like, on my phone, my notepad on oh, my phone. Oh, okay, sure. Um, like, one of the games I've literally written down Smash Brothers with alligators on a turnbuckle. Sold. I could. I'd, I'd play I, that game. What is uh, that game? I don't know what it was called. I Fuck, find, that doesn't help. I You're so find, bad. <laughs> I couldn't find a name. That was why I wrote it down. I couldn't find it. Okay, sure. Uh, is it maybe. It's not that one. It's not. Maybe it's that one. You're so bad at being that a video one, game early soon. Can't even think. It's definitely not that one. Don't know what that is. I will find it. I will find it, and I'll tell you after the break. Um, so there was a couple. This uh, new this time. There was a couple of games that were not Scottish developed that were just there, oh, and obviously yeah. I'd got permission just indie games. So stuff like uh, Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes was there. They had this station set up for that. Cool game. Cool uh, game. They had Downwell on. I think on a portrait. Cool monitor which was pretty cool cool game um they had bad blood which i thought was a a, a scottish game apparently is not um bad blood heard is, of that but so bad blood is a, a grid-based 2d hide-and-seek simulator with stabbing. oh yes i remember that now yeah um, it's got that really weird like so yeah, style that, to it where it looks like everything's a poster yeah, yeah so I've, I've, I've basically written down um, visually awesome is the note I wrote yeah, it for that one. Cool. It's yeah. a really cool kind of two D art style and exceptionally violent. It's it's got a very cool kind of encourages screen cheating. So the two you're next to each other on a on a two D grid, one of who has been rotated ninety degrees. You can't quite tell where the other person is, and you basically have to kind of stealth hunt them down and stab them. It's kind of like hide and seek with knives, basically. Um, Dangerous game to play with your children. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so what else have I got here? There's a game called Onslaught. Um, which was I've just written down that Knights and Ninjas game. Do you remember there's a game like oh, a year ago? So about a year ago, a couch co-op game where uh, it looked kind of oh basic. that one for the Xbox. Yes, the yes, on, uh, I know on, the one you're talking about. Yes, it was on Steam. Where it's as like well. you're you're trying to kill the other player, but the player looks like an NPC in a room filled with NPCs that yes. all look like that. Yes, yeah. 
Um, it's kind so of it's like you, it was you trying to learn how to act like an NPC and not yeah. look human. Yeah. So it was that. It's one of the modes from that was um, you basically you had a, you had a button to move your guy from left to right, and you had a, a sniper scope with one bullet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I you held it. You held it. Yeah. You held. So there's like eight or nine people, and um, so this is. I'm now basically describing what this game is. It's, yeah. So there's eight or nine people. Uh, on the left-hand side, and they have to get from start to finish just by going left to right. You just hold down a button and you yeah. move. Um, but there's no indication as who is what what robot, so you just kind of hold the button down and you work out who you are and not tell anyone, and you yeah. just have to get from left to right. But you're also at the same time controlling a guy on the right-hand side who can fire lasers at the robots that are coming sure. at you. So you have to take out the other players without taking it yourself. Sure. Um, it's a pretty cool-looking game. Um, kind of very kind of future sports aesthetic. Uh, uh, aesthetic, sorry, like kind of like Hyperblade or Smash TV, that kind of. I like how when we think future sports, you immediately go to Hyperblade. Hyperblade is yep, totally. That is that is future sports. Is I need to go play that game again. I'll um, get there. It's really hard to run. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, so that's on onslaught. It's kind of cool. I haven't. I think it's yeah. It's really fun. Um, it's like that here? game. What was that game? Uh, where it was like one person's a spy is it it's spy party isn't it i was about to say spy at a party is it not a spy party i don't know you need to give me more than that one guy's like he's like he's like a spy at a party and he's got to like do specific objectives like talk to someone or plant a bug somewhere that is spy other guys like a sniper yes that is spy, party. spy party yeah. yes that is spy just party. like that but kind of it's you uh, trying to act like an npc <laughs> yeah uh so there's a game called cons- conserv- conservatorium um okay. Which is a very, very gorgeous game, um, but kind of uh, it feels like there's another genre somewhere, which is like relatively straightforward puzzle game, but with really awesome aesthetic. Like I'm trying to think of another example, like um, uh, Antichamber, like more kind of dreamlike, and oh, I can't even think of a good example. <laughs> anyway, so it's it's a kind of looks like it's in a dream and there's a dude in a boat and you're kind of going through the sky that is actually the sea and drawing lines okay. through stars awesome awesome looking game and what is like, it is it a did you say it was a, a puzzle, puzzle game, game? yeah right. so basically you've got yeah uh, there's a game like this on android and i can't remember the mechanic at least i've seen i've only seen it in this game on android basically like there's a grid and there's a couple of stars on the grid and you need to draw lines covering all the points but only going through the stars um, it's kind of difficult to explain. Look it up. Yeah. It's called con- conserv- conser- conservatorium. Conservatorium. That's it. I'm, just, I'm looking at. I'm looking between this and the official email with a list of. Well, sorry, observatorium. Observatorium. I wrote it down wrong on my phone. Observatorium. You're so good at this. Um, which is which is why I have the email up with a list of yeah. all the games. Um, Rumble Rope was that name of that game with Smash Brothers. The alligator Smash yes. Brothers game. Rumble yes. Rope. Could not tell you who developed it because they have added. They've simply put question marks on the official email, saying who developed it. So. Uh, oh wait, is it Rumble Rope or Rope Rumble? Rumble Rope. Okay. Um, I, I the only reason I wrote it down was because it was on. It looked kind of interesting, and it looked a lot like Smash Brothers. But also, they had it set up with like four arcade pads, like proper fighting stick pads, um, and people like six button fighting game pads, and people were getting super into it. Sure. Um, so the two big ones for me, uh, the two that I thought were the most important that were there, there's a game called Regular Human Basketball, which... Right, that, okay. 
which might be the most fun I've ever had with a couch co-op game. So take, I'm going to say two game names. Oh god, the name of the developer is great as well. Do you know what that is? Uh, Powerhoof. Powerhoof, that's so, great. Uh, I'm going to say two game names that they've basically kind of merged and hopefully you know what both of them are. Sports Friends and uh, Lovers in the Dangerous Space Time. Yes, I don't know what they so, are. So basically the way it works is they're a four-player game, two per team. And you start in the centre of an area. There's a giant basketball, much bigger than you, that you can't move. And both teams run to the right. And there's a gigantic robot at either side of the field. And two gigantic big basketball nets. Oh, God. I am um, watching video while you're talking. So this you game jump, looks amazing. <laughs> so you jump into the... So you, you, you climb into the robot. And basically, you're running around the robot. And there's certain levers and buttons on the robot that do certain things. So one of them will raise it up on its legs. One of them will put it down. But it will make it go left, go right. You can switch on the jetpack, switch off the jetpack. Angle the jetpack is a different button. There is a uh, you have a magnet on an arm that you rotate around your body, and you can ro- you have to rotate that and switch it on to pick up the basketball. You can then like because the basketball is magnetic because the basketball is magnetic, and you basically it's the two of you and it's the first person to dunk wins. And yeah. it is this game looks awesome. I really like it. Was- crying with laughter. Like there was a moment where me and the the guy I was playing with. We had the ball, we jumped using the, the jump, the rocket jump, landed on top of the other robot, and then did a final burst of rocket, and then just slam dunked the ball in the other end. And I have never met this guy before, but we fucking high-fived. It was amazing. It was yeah. so, so good. Um, oh, these are the same people that did Crawl. All right, okay, sure. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, game is super cool. Regular human basketball. Um, yeah, that game looks good. It's free as well, apparently. Yeah, you can oh. just download it. Oh man, yes, okay. Uh, I will be playing that. I will be taking that into work on Friday. That is yeah. awesome. That looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, so yes, go look it up. It is really, really cool. Um, another one uh, that I that I really liked it was a game called BRR, um, and I knew it was interesting because I walked up and there was a single monitor with a grey and black screen. So like the top three quarters were grey and the bottom quarter was black and there's a sign next to it saying the game is not broken stop telling me this or something along those lines <laughs> okay i was like i need to know what's going on here and when i walked up there's a guy sitting in front of it with headphones on and an xbox 360 controller and nothing was happening on the screen i'm like okay i need to know what's going on here so luckily the, the so the the developer was there um i i wish i knew how to pronounce her name Veda, Vida, V-A-I-D-A. Anyway, um, so she was there, and I was talking to her about the game, and she does like a, a game a month on random things. Uh, a lot of them are kind of music inspired. Some of them are narrative inspired. Some of them are stories. Some of them are just experiments. All that kind of stuff. Um, so this one was called uh, BRR or Burr, I think is Burr. how it's supposed to be pronounced, um, and. It is super cool. It is a audio-only game where you put the headphones on and you this this the game starts and um, the developer is actually narrating or, or talking to you the whole the whole thing and your only response. Wait, is, as in in the game or while yes, you were there? So not okay. like in the game. It's her voice that sure. is, that's taking you through, and um, you have a single button. You can press A on the controller. And when you place it in the controller, it makes a kind of electronic buzzing noise, which is supposed to signify you saying something, but doesn't have any words in it. Like, it's just like a kind of, this is the point where you've said something. 
and um, the other person responds to you inferring what you've said and it's got this really weird moment where halfway through it or like even like closer than that like a quarter of the way through it I was pressing the button to respond to something that she had said and in my head I had asked the question and the response was like I'd actually asked the question like it's kind of predicting what you're going to ask right okay and it's responding in a way that makes sense um it's it's a very linear narrative. It is a well, as far as I could tell. Anyway, it's a very linear narrative. It's kind of um, it seems like it's a kind of almost like a kind of. Expressive. It sounds bizarre. It's really. It's not. It's yes. You need to go. It's impossible to explain. <laughs> you need to go and sit down and actually just say it's yeah. like twenty minutes. Sit down and listen and listen to it. It seems kind of very much like a kind of. Uh, like there, there's a lot of stuff in there about kind of like beginner's guide that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where it's mm. a lot of kind of expressions on creativity and what it's like to create something and why you create things and do all that. So they, she actually mentions the beginner's guide in the game. Oh, sure. As a thing. Um, so this was fairly recently made. Then she's so yeah, they're 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 they come pretty quick. This was I think this was done like a couple of weeks before the game. Sure. Uh, this this came out. Um. It's super cool, and I need to go back and have a look at some of her other stuff. But mm. um, I had a chance to talk to her afterwards, and we talked about Beginner's Guide and all, all that kind of stuff, and how you go about making a game month, and what what kind of what ideas you have when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah, like a very very interesting conversation. So you how do you just stop yourself from going insane? Kind of, yeah, like yeah. bits of that, like what happens, like apparently panic is a really good motivator for this. Sure. Like if you set yourself like to say a game a month and it's two days before they get into the, the month and you haven't got anything, you end up with something. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but yes, so um, her stuff is on itch.io, so it's uh, v-a-i-d-a-p.itch.io, where you'll see all of her games. They're all up there for free, um, and that one was called Burr, so... You should have, have a look. Go have a look. If you get spare twenty minutes, it's well worth well worth a listen. It's very very cool. Yeah, I might try it because it sounds interesting. Yes, um, yes, that was about it. Uh, the other ones I couldn't really get either. I couldn't get close to, it or I'd seen already, or something like that. Um, was this the one? There was one I kept seeing, and I couldn't I couldn't get close to it because um, it was permanently wasn't that. Uh, it might be that it might be I'll look it up and I'll tell you after the break but there was one that was basically like it was uh, imagine like Couch Co-op Hotline Miami oh um, which is like kind of very 80s styled with that kind of uh, the kind of super violence not even super violence just like the kind of from a from a aesthetic point of view where like all the text has got that weird gradient yeah sure. thing through it and it's got that kind of swishy font and all that kind of thing uh, very and it's just like it's it's an arena and weapons randomly appear and you blast each other and one shot one kill. It was it seemed pretty interesting, but I couldn't get close to it. It was yeah. It was packed the whole time. It's very cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yes. So that's games are for everyone. Um. So if you follow the hit point, they're on Twitter and Facebook. If you find them there, they will. They're pretty good at letting you know um when the next one's coming up. Um, I think it's about six or seven pound a ticket to get in, and it's yeah. for ages. And there's live music and stuff as well. Uh, I'll make a point of trying to go to one of them. Yeah, I think like this. Week, uh, I can't remember who it was. The name of the band that are there every time. Um, they're like a kind of eight or nine piece orchestra that do kind of video game inspired stuff. Um, oh, cool. Who do live music and Carrie Ellison also did a DJ set. 
as well. That night. I didn't realize she was a DJ. Okay, yeah, sure. So but I, I had to leave by that point. But yes, apparently it was very, very good based on Twitter. <laughs> based on Twitter. Uh, so yes, that was cool. Uh, so that's that's me. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm kind of gone for a while. What what about yourself? I, that's fine because I've not really done anything other than play Fallout. <laughs> yeah. So how let's time for Fallout check in. How are you? Yeah. Uh, so how many hours have I got? Forty. Forty hours. Um, that game. <laughs> that game does a lot of things well and does a lot of really interesting things, but at the same time, I don't think it's as good as any of the other. Uh, open world games that came out this year really okay yeah so there's a lot right where did i start with a game this big (laughs) um the i'm I'm very impressed by the crafting system so when i when i saw it initially at e3 when they were talking about how you can customize your guns and strap bits to it and change it to customize your guns in whatever way you want i thought oh that's a really cool idea because you can then basically customize it to your playstyle but Knowing Bethesda, I was worried that it was going to be a really poorly implemented system. Sure. And like it was just going to be awful to try and do it. But it's actually really simple because it ties everything that all of the like stuff that you store goes into kind of a universal bank that you can then use at any crafting station. Like so long as you stay within the same parameter, like I always go back to the main hub called Sanctuary mm-hmm. and like dump all of my junk that you find in the world that then gets broken down into materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's then universal throughout all the crafting benches. Right. So great. if I like look at a crafting bench to make a thing, it says I've got like three hundred potential screws right. because great. I've got like forty desk fans sitting in a box somewhere. <laughs> sure. Um, so if you've just been running around, like I've seen a lot of people talk about this, that you just run around just dismantling everything. In yeah, the world. you pick up everything in that game. It's really that's it, it ties into it makes you feel more like you're in that kind of environment. Right. Because you're, you're actually constantly. you're scavenging everything. You're picking up like desk fans and lamps and random like when you go into like a professional building like a hospital you grab all the medical equipment because it's got really high grade materials in it sure and sure yeah it's so it, it, it kind of they've linked gameplay to like the environment that way which is a really cool idea and the fact that you don't actually have to sit and break down all the stuff yeah the fact just, that it automates that everything just sits good. in a potential pool and then says okay to get all these materials we're breaking down this this and this and you go ah whatever and just do it because it's a desk fan who gives a shit. Um, yeah, so it does. That's really cool. I've, I've enjoyed customizing my weapons. I don't, I don't quite like how it's gated because like all the like high tier stuffs put behind a level up wall, which means that if you don't put points into it, then it kind of gets, it locks you out. Which is kind of, I understand why you do it, but then you're just limiting gameplay at that point, which is kind right. of bad. Um, the world's really cool. I like the the story that they've set up in it. Where it's all about you. You can stop listening to podcasts if you care at all about the story of this. But it's set up as like there's a the the bomb happened and the the people at MIT around about Boston mm. all went underground and started like just doing research underground to try and save humanity. And one of the things they discovered was synthetic humans. They ah, made yes. synths. Synths. Um, that's what it's called. Yes. I can remember the name. And they started like people. Then they started becoming like the boogeyman of the wasteland because the institute would like send out synths who looked like people to like kill off the actual person and then the synth would live among the society and ah okay so it's all about like the nature of humanity and like what the, what are our synths actually people at this point and blah blah and they've got that seems like, like slightly more high concept than a lot of bethesda games mm-hmm. yeah they've kind of gone all out for this main story they've they've actually like hit some pretty major themes and some of the like interesting plot twists and stuff like that as well but i won't talk about them but it's 
yeah, the people, the people in cities and stuff like that are like, oh, the institute are the the, the big bads. They like come and kill your friends and replace them with robots, and and then you actually like again spoilers. You actually turn up at the institute at one point, and they're actually all just really nice scientists. They're right. like, no, we're, we're just here doing research to try and better humanity. Look, we've got the all these synthetic plants that are going to feed people. We've got this synthetic gorilla that we made, uh, and we're Wait, doing all what? this. A synthetic they, they gorilla. A synthetic gorilla. Yeah. Nice. You like walk in, you walk into the bioscience department, and it's like a uh, oh, what's the word? Not atrium, like greenhouse, basically. So it's like yes. rows and rows of plants, and up at the very top is this like zoo-style wall that's got two gorillas walking around in it. Huh. And you go and talk to the head of the bioscience. You go, "What's with the gorillas?" And you say, "Oh yeah, we've got synthetic gorillas." And you nice. go, "Oh great, okay. sure." Um, yes, yeah, so they're just like people trying to better humanity through science, and everybody thinks they're evil, but they're actually just people. Hmm. And, like, the rogue synth thing is they send synths out and then they haven't quite tuned their programming or whatever. There's, like, bugs, so they actually go mental. Right. So they have these, like, special synths that go and hunt other synths and bring them back. And Rogue AI. Yeah, rogue AIs and stuff like sure. that. But then it, it becomes, like, your character... It was one thing I didn't really understand about your character because you can make them say things like, do these synths have, like, free will? And you're like, sure, I get that you're where you're going with that but it seems like you're laying that that on pretty thinly as a plot point right he's never no one in the entire world ever talked about that of like are these synths human and blah blah it's just kind of this thing your character says there's a there's a group in the game that try and like save the rogue synths and try and bring them in and make them like safe to try and stop the institute from finding them sure but even they don't talk about synths as humans all that much it's it's just something that your character, it's just this, your, your character can say. Maybe they talk about it more later in the game. I haven't done a lot of the main story. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like that kind of idea and the universe that that kind of sets up. Um, they're, they're, uh, the jankiness in that game is weird. I've had, I've, I've had, I've heard I've that had, a lot. Of the, the further people get with it, the more it becomes. Yeah, it, it gets slightly worse. I've had like frame rate hitches and stuff like that, but nothing too major. It's never actually flat out crashed on me, which is right. pretty good. Um, for a Bethesda game, that's great. Yeah, uh, but it, it, I'm talking more like not not bugs, but like just jank in the world, where like I've I've seen the bit the bit one of the best things I've ever seen was I was going to a city that's on like a boat, so you've got to go through a bunch of um, like floating platforms to get there. Sure. And there was one point at which there's like uh, loose. Uh, loose boards on some of the boats so you can fall through into the ocean mm-hmm. uh, and there were a couple of like the Brotherhood of Steel people you know the guys in the big power armor yes, the big yes. they were there as well and I saw and there's like and it's a city populated by raiders and I saw the Brotherhood of Steel guys fighting the raiders and the raider killed one of the Brotherhood of, the Brotherhood of Steel knights uh, and his body like went ragdoll and limped and his friend walked over the the board he was standing on at the same time and knocked it so it was like loose Mm-hmm. So it like seesawed this dead body. So I was like walking, I was walking on a platform and then just saw this power armor just jump up out of this house and go into the ocean. Nice. So this guy walked over and just catapulted this guy into the ocean. I was like, that's pretty weird, but I like this game because it does stuff like that. See, that I have no, I have funny. no problem with that kind of jank. Like yeah. that's, I enjoy that to a degree. It's more the jank of like, hey, you can no longer finish this mission and shit like that is what I. I've not had any of that. I've heard people cool. who have had that, but I've not. Yeah. I've never been able to like. It's never hard. Like, had a hard stop and said like, "You've now fucked this." 
it's, is are they the because you've got the there's more companions in this than there have been in a Fallout game before, yeah, right? Are they of... are they actually useful apart from being story points? Uh, they they have stories uh, and they're pack mules, right? Other than that, no. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Like when you when you run out of weight that you can carry, you dump stuff on your guy, and then when you get back to base, you take all the stuff and put it in your stash. That's basically it. They're only interesting because they have like interesting stories and stuff like that. How uh, does I remember one of the big complaints about um, Skyrim on PC was that it felt like that UI was designed for mm. consoles and a controller. Is yeah. it the same for this? It's yeah, still kind of. I think they're getting better, but it's not perfect. Like one of the the mods that's out right now is better UI because they realize that it's. I I think it's even by the same guy that did the better UI for Skyrim. Sure, because he realized it's a problem, so he tried to fix it. Um, yeah, I've got to. I, I, there's like points in it I've gotten to where I. It's not that I got bored. It's just that I got kind of sick of tedium. Where I've got, so I told you last time, the power armor that you get is now more like a vehicle yes. that's powered by these like fusion cores. Yeah, yeah. Back at my base, I've got like eighty fusion cores or something like that, like a ridiculous amount of fusion cores, uh, and you you have to carry them on you to replace in your suit your suit if it goes dead. Right. But they add weight, and at of one course. point, I just I, I looked in my inventory. I had like eighty six of these or whatever, <laughs> and looked at my inventory and went, right, I'm forty hours into this game and probably from now on I'm going to mainline the story so fuck dealing with all these fusion cores I'm going to download a mod that removes the need for fusion cores because I'm I have decided I have enough to carry me to the rest of the game I just don't want to deal with having them on me you feel like you've done the minimum I felt like, like I've gathered I, a problem I have gathered enough fusion cores to be able to say I have enough fusion cores to be able to carry me for another 40 hours if sure. I need it so I'm just going to not deal with it and say that I've done it sure so I just downloaded the mod and got rid of the fusion core stuff, and now I'm wearing power armor all the time, which is great. It's a lot of fun because I look cool and it, it's fantastic. Also, the mods you can do to power armors are really fun, like a jetpack. That's pretty great. Uh, it also breaks the game a little bit. So, for example, at the same point at which I was going up the big city in the tower, uh, the big city on the boat, sorry, that's just like a massive tower. Uh, I had to get to the very top to get to a synth that I was reclaiming or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Uh, and I saw where the marker was. I jetpacked to the top of the thing, to the top of the tower from like a lower level. I just like jetpacked out and up back mm-hmm. onto the top of the platform. And there was nothing there. Uh, like the marker was there. And I was like, oh, there's no, like, like there's no person. There's no nothing. To it. So I like, looked around above, blah, blah. went back down and the marker then pointed me through a door. So I went through the door and up a, uh, latch, which got me to exactly the same place, but because I'd went through the door the quest trigger had happened, so all the people spawned in and I went, <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird I don't know, maybe they should have just been... you to not fly up? Yeah, they were expecting me to not do that, and I was like, that's kind of weird, I don't know yeah. uh, you could have just had them there but there's just little things like that and it's just, I think the, the main problem I'm having is that it's you you it does the Bethesda thing really well of there is this big open space that you can do what you want in. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like there's enough in it. Right. A lot of the time I find myself just walking and not being interested by stuff in the environment. That's which is, pretty which bad, is, for, a yeah, Bethesda bad game. for a Bethesda game. Where things like Skyrim and Fallout and Oblivion and stuff like that was you could wander through the fields and you'd see things that you could go and do, like walk and look around. Mm. If you're in the city, like the actual Boston city area, you get that a lot. There are a lot of like buildings and like ruined skyscrapers and factories and all that sort of stuff that look interesting. 
if you're out in the world, it's really spaced out. Like you, it just feels there, empty. It just feels empty, like a wilderness. There's like mm. farms and stuff like that, but it's not that interesting, which isn't good for sure. Bethesda game. So you, I spent a lot of time just in the city because that's where a lot of the cool stuff was. Hmm. Um, and I don't get me wrong, there's some like super cool shit in there. There's like an entire quest line that's set up like a horror game that's really pretty cool i enjoyed that 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 quest a lot it was actually quite tense and scary um yeah there's there is cool stuff in it it's just i'm not as in love with it as i was in other bethesda games and i actually found myself two things happen i actually found myself at one point saying okay i can sit and play fallout more and instead i just went and played the witcher again uh because i I was like i I have these two big open world games and i really just want to play the witcher more because i think that's a way better game that's uh, yeah that, that appears to be the thing that a lot of people are i think that's going to come out a lot at the end of the year this year is yeah. that hey this thing is not that this is going I, to be the the thing and i think I defi- Witcher's going to win more out. yeah i definitely don't think it's as good as metal gear or witcher by sure not by a, not by a long stretch but by a definite margin it's it, it, it does the bethesda thing really really well which gives it a lot of cred but you but have to really like the Bethesda thing for you the have game. to really be into it. Whereas something like The Witcher can grab people. Like I think you might be able to get into The Witcher a little bit. Yeah, uh, I want to eventually, just not. Yeah. I don't have time this year. That's that's fair. Uh, but I think you might like The Witcher a little bit, and MGS obviously grabbed those yes, pretty totally. heavily. Um, but yeah, a lot. But then a lot of that is. I, I think I just think those games are better, and I found myself at one point playing Fallout, and then thinking to myself that i really wanted to play oblivion again huh. i was like i i and then I, I i had an entire internal argument with myself of going i've got like the brand new bethesda game that everybody's talking about and is good and fun to play but i don't think it's as good as this other game that they made about six years ago or six, seven years ago however yeah. old oblivion was i was like man maybe i don't like i'm not i'm not as sold with this game as a lot of other people are Right. I think it's good. I think it's very good for what it is. I don't think it's I don't think it's Bethesda's best work. I don't think it's the best open world RPG to come out this year. It's it's still good. I would say if you like those games you could play it, but it's it's not something to go and throw your head around at. Do I don't think f- I don't think it's going to make my top 5 in game of the year and I wouldn't even oh, make an argument for it. Um do you think that if like Bethesda doubled quadrupled in size whatever and they could put out one of these games every two years, do you think they would still have the same level of respect that they do, that apparently from everyone? Because, like, how, like, what's the gap between... I mean, the gap between the last Fallout and this Fallout is, like, eight years or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's a long time, yeah. Um, and then between Skyrim and this is... Three? Four? Four, yeah. four years? Maybe. If they could do this every two years, they would lose their kind of specialness of, like, hey, there's yeah, a new Bethesda the, game coming out. I, I was thinking this as well. It's... I th- I'm I'm not worried that it's, it's like they're not coming out so frequently. It's not going to be like Call of Duty Syndrome where sure. you get it every year and you're just like, yep, sure. And you, you play through it and you go, cool, it did the thing again and you throw it away. It's far enough aware to where people have a need to play it again because mm-hmm. they, they, they want to go back into that world of there's this huge map and look at all the stuff you can do and you can, I can be whatever I want and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's not quite enough time for you to have a real longing for it sure the the best the, some of the best comments i've ever seen are the people who are fans of bethesda games but like elder scrolls more than fallout 
and say that they're really, really happy when Fallout comes out because it means that the next game is going to be a new Elder Scrolls game. Sure. So if you're a fan of one of the genres, it's probably better for you because you've got like this little thing to kind of whet your appetite that's not quite the thing that you want, hmm. but it's basically the same. Yeah. And then you get a nice big thing in the next four years after that. Whereas if you're more of a fan of it as a general, you get it every two years, which is enough but you then start dulling to like even now you can listen to people talk about Fallout and they're starting to lose the Bethesda sheen that everybody has about Bethesda games like when 3 came out and everybody lost their shit and then when Skyrim came out and it was like a fucking epidemic all over the world yeah it's starting to diminish people are starting to not not only fall off of the Bethesda formula but being less forgiving of Bethesda for their like the shitness that they put into their games. Would you say that they are falling out of fall out of love with Bethesda <laughs> games? Yes, um, I would actually. <laughs> despite being a really shit pun, <laughs> um, I would so, say yes, they are actually falling out of love, and I am as well. I'm yeah. starting to forgive Bethesda less and less for the like it, it, the the bugs I've seen in Fallout Four aren't bad. Mm. They they aren't bad, but I'm becoming in my old age. I'm becoming more and more discerning. I'm starting to become more and more annoyed by the dumb shit yeah, that they I do. I think one of the most prevailing themes I've heard out the commentary on, on Fallout 4 this time around is that, pe- that exactly that, people are getting less forgiving of, of yeah. the Bethesda jank. And like, especially with, because um, remember Skyrim on PS3 was a was a, tra- it was a horrendous mess. Like it didn't run. Oh yeah, it wasn't for me. I thought it was fine, but a lot of people had a, a lot, lot of people had problems with it. Yeah. Um, and they acknowledged the problems with it and said, there's nothing we can do, which was my first one of my first big kind of well fuck you then moments yeah bethesda um but the fact that they got that game running at all on 360 was kind of impressive oh yeah the, the, the to, fact the po- that- to the point where of course there's going to be bugs because you are stretching the memory on this thing to its absolute fucking limit yeah but the I- fact that a game a game like that on those systems runs at all is an impressive feat yeah totally and you you kind of give them what they had but now we've got this new generation of consoles with Especially in terms of like PS4 and that kind of stuff, where they've got, I mean, compared to PCs, not as much, but for a console, like double, quadruple the memory, and it's better memory than they did last time. And you would expect that they would be able to like just throw power at this thing and kind of yeah, ease you, a lot of that. And, and it doesn't it, seem and like that's might, happened. But it, it's gotten better. And what I'm what I'm worried is that. Not to, not to say that Bethesda don't know how to use the consoles, but it's like you've given them a power boost and they've only used a little bit of it. Yeah. Because it's gotten better, but it's not fixed. And it I think did... it's more to do with the fact that the game's so big that they probably can't QA it 100%. Oh, yeah, like totally. But yeah. I, think, I think the thing is that the Bethesda have... I think one of the... I've started to narrow in on why I don't like those games and it's mm. it's, it's it's getting smaller, but it's it's I'm narrowing in on it. It's the fact that... From a totally objective from a totally objective perspective, which I don't know if that's a phrase, but fuck it. Um, objective standpoint. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, objective standpoint. Bethesda focus on the aspect of their games that is completely different from the focus that I would want them to have, where they are focused on making the biggest worlds with the most Things. stuff in them, yeah. where I, which is fine, but I would rather they focused on. Maybe a smaller world, but more polished. Like it, sure, it, just, it yeah. just seems like their aims are different from what I would want from that kind of game. Yeah, the, they're they're focusing more on what people like about Bethesda games totally. more than what makes them good video games. If that yeah, makes sense, totally. Yeah. Um, people want a Bethesda game and are willing to accept the stuff yeah. you get with a Bethesda game. But 
as we're saying, people are becoming less and less accepting of that. Yeah, totally. They're starting to realize that these machines that are out right now are actually pretty powerful and probably shouldn't be doing things like this. When you can look at a game that's equally as big, like Witcher, that's bigger and has... Well, a, a lot it, it is bigger in is, terms of yes, just size, it is, but it's it's a very different type of game. Like people are people are claiming, well, like, oh, look at how good Witcher looks and how good Metal Gear looks, and these games are huge as well. And you're like, well, like but Fallout is more of a sandbox than Witcher, where you can True. pick up everything, yeah, that's and like you can you can do the thing that was the meme in Skyrim, where you can pick up every cheese wheel in the world and dump it yeah, in one house. and like put buckets on people's heads and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. and you can watch the game completely fucking explode in itself. Yeah. And Summon you melons. You cannot do that in those games. And no. I'm, but you're right, like, I'm starting to... It's stuff like that, and the fact that, like, yet again, one of the most prevailing things I've heard about this game, with, along with the rest of the Bethesda games, is that the amount of people who have immediately, as soon as they started, gone and switched off encumbrance. Encumbrance. Yeah immediately and said yep. well like i don't sure there is, yeah there and, are, there and people are, are claiming that that's like a that's like a that's what makes those games awesome and i'm like no everyone has complained about this from day one and you yeah. still insist on putting it in and they could, yeah because they need to i don't know they need to make it at least seem a little bit believable i don't know I, and yeah, so you're, I, you are right encumbrance is a fucking pain in the arse because it means that you can't have all the cool weapons that you want and exactly. um, like it, pick it seemed, up all the shit that you want and it just it gets really annoying after a while it just it's, yeah. yeah i think it, it just seems like they what they want to build and what i want to play are very different things and that's yeah. fine and i have I, come to terms with that a long time ago yeah that's fair and but the fact that now even the hardest of hardcore bethesda people are like like this is a bit janky and yeah. like it's still one of these games and it's awesome but like guys come on yeah the, you need the, to do something I'm like probably out their ideas. Yeah, so like, and in, in the next four years, it'll be a Skyrim turn, right? Unless they yes. go in some also other new IP. I think I, th- I think that I just like fantasy better than I like post-apocalypse. Fair enough. Yeah, because totally. I, in my mind, I'm way more excited for the idea of another Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, <laughs> than I was. I, I was super hyped for playing Fallout again, but a new Elder Scrolls game makes me flip a shit. Sure. I love fantasy settings. They're fantastic. You're not the only but... person who's said that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see the reaction to this and see that, like... What I would like to do is find someone who came into Bethesda games with Skyrim, like, jumped on board when the Skyrim epidemic happened and, like, right. it was taking over the world and everybody was playing Skyrim and, like, people who had never played video games were playing Skyrim and were like, this is the best thing I've ever done. I want to talk to one of them who's played Fallout and see what they think. Like, do yeah. do those do those ideas match up in your head? Do, do you think it's the same sort of game? Are you getting the same sort of experience that you got out of Skyrim out of it? Like, I want to know what they, I want to know where they're coming from. Because like I've played Bethesda games since like Morrowind, so it's I I'm enriched in this, so I kind of understand where they're coming from. It, but I want to see someone who's just come into it and see yeah, what they like, think. I remember watching the Skyrim thing, and like I bought no, I didn't buy Skyrim. You did buy Skyrim. I was, it was Oblivion that I played. A, yes. A I remember watching the Skyrim thing and going, I don't particularly like fantasy. This isn't for me. Fair enough. That can sit over there. That's fine. Yeah. But like, everyone played Skyrim. Yeah. Like, people that, who don't play video games played Skyrim. Played Skyrim. Yeah. And I don't get it. It's I know. Such, I, it's the, I, still, I still don't think people get it. I don't understand why that game had such Like, it an is the most, like, nerdy D&D loving fantasy game you can get. And everyone fucking played it. 
No, it's not. You can play Baldur's Gate. That's a D&D player's wet dream. That's... But it's... It's, it's it's a fan. I think it was it was at a time when fantasy was starting to come into the zeitgeist when people were starting to like really get into Game of Thrones and so maybe it was maybe like it was that, that maybe it was the Game of Thrones stuff because I I just I very quickly looked up like because Lord of the Rings was like ten years before and all oh yeah stuff like people, it wasn't that yeah. um, but then but then think about like when Game of Thrones came out and then everybody started watching Game of Thrones so then people started to become more and more familiar with the fantasy settings. And then maybe saw this game that looked like it. It's like, oh, maybe I'll give that a try. And then they got the Bethesda experience of, shit, this thing's huge. Yeah, you can totally. do whatever you want and blah, blah, It's a Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I don't know why. Skyrim would be an interesting case study. Yeah, I get the feeling that nobody will ever really know. But yeah. who knows? It's fascinating. Um, so yeah. that was you. So if you've been a fallout hole for Well, yeah, there's that. I've got... So there's a weird thing. Uh, I've got a copy of a game that I've not played yet because I keep forgetting to play it. Uh, called Castles in the Sky. Don't think I'm familiar with that one. Right, it's all. As far as I'm aware, it's just like a playable storybook. Uh, okay. With like really nice like pixel graphics. The the reason I picked it up and it's kind of convoluted. So, the one of the podcasts I listen to is a role playing podcast mm-hmm. called Friends at the Table. Uh, it features Austin Walker from Giant Bomb, who's the G, the GM. Fantastic podcast, you should all go listen to it. One of the guys on it is a guy called Jack DeKeat, who wrote the theme for that podcast. It's got theme music, and he wrote okay. it. And it's a, re- it's a gorgeous, just like solo piano piece. Suits the mood of the podcast really, really well. It's like a fantastic bit of music. And, and I found out he wrote it, and I went, I wonder if he's done anything else. Turns out, he made, I'd say made a game studio. He made a game with assumably one of his friends, called Castles in the Sky. And the other guy did all the coding and the gameplay of it, and he wrote it and wrote the music. So I went, that's more of his music. I should probably get this. And it's like a pound. So it when I'm... A dollar fifty. Yeah, right I'm totally going to pick that up just to listen to that guy play the piano more. Sure. Uh, so I've not played it yet, because I keep forgetting. But I'm really excited to try it just to hear that more and see if he can write as good as I think he can write, because he seems like a very intelligent funny guy uh, I mean the, the three quotes or three of the quotes on the front page of this thing are from Rock Paper Shotgun Steve Gaynor Fulbright Company and Genova Chen so mm-hmm. it's one of those type of games it seems but yeah the animation and stuff looks really nice yeah it's cool. I, I, I look forward to trying it I will try it at some point cool okay uh, yeah, that's, very that's quickly um, the I literally just closed the tab why did I do that <laughs> that was a terrible terrible thing um, this podcast's great. It's yeah, we're so professional. It's amazing. Um, the game, the the um, Hotline Miami style couch co-op game is called Fragmental. Um, That's a pretty it, cool name. It's a good name. Uh, done by Ruffian Games, who are a Scottish company. They are making a game called Hollow Point, which I think they revealed at E3 this year. I, I recognise the name. Yeah, look it up. I recognise the the image as well. And they also had a hand in uh, Master Chief Collection, apparently as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so yeah, but Fragmental looks very cool. It's on early access. It's on Greenlight. Sorry, it's voted. I kind of remember this Hollow Point game, but I don't know why. Uh, they're also involved in Crackdown Two, apparently. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm just looking through their previous things. Um, Connect Sesame Street Season Two. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that was a game. Yeah. Shit, I forgot they made a Sesame Street game. Yes. 
Um, cool, so if that's you, um, we'll very quickly jump into a, uh, into a break. Um, yeah. This one's running a little bit long, but we had a lot to talk about. Um, so the music that I wanted to use for the interlude this week, just because I was looking through a list of music that we haven't done, and I had run out of ideas, and I couldn't believe we hadn't actually played this yet. Um, so uh, the winner of Game Engine Start's 2014 Best Original Song... Uh, Evil Eye. By oh yeah, have we actually not done that. We have yet? not done this yet. Wow. Okay. We have not sure. played it, or at least if we have, it wasn't on the list. Um, oh, no, I went. I went through that with a fine tooth comb. If it's not on the list, we didn't play it. Yes. So this is uh, from the Hotline Miami Two DLC for PD Two. It's a song called Evil Eye. Um, if you check the uh, what's the guy's name? Simon. Vickland. Simon Vickland. Uh, thank you. Uh, yes, so if you check post, you'll figure out where, uh, it'll tell you where you can go and buy that, and you should. It's a very, very cool... It, it's great um, song. Like songs. Um, actually, the rest of the the rest of the rest soundtrack for Terry 2 oh, yeah. really, it's very kind of heat-inspired. Oh. Very, very cool. Um, that's what, yeah, sorry. You no, uh, so, so that's the... So if you check out the post, you'll figure out where you can get that, and we'll be back right after this. Vicklin from PD2 DLC soundtrack awesome awesome yeah quickly before going to use just speaking about music and stuff like that I forgot to mention this the soundtrack to Fallout 4 is amazing not just the radio station stuff oh really because the radio station stuff is really cool because it's like of an era and sets the mood but I spent 90% of that game with the radio turned off because the like ambient music that plays just as part of the soundtrack Mm -hmm. is incredible at setting a tone okay it's all like really somber like piano pieces piano pieces and violinists it just makes you feel like you're in a wasteland huh. it's really really good I may have like to staggeringly to good yeah I may have to listen to it. i'm sure it's yes. over the internet by this point probably cool um so there's only a couple of important stories um Confirmation that there's a new Valkyria Chronicles game coming for PS4. Yeah, there is. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles number uh, Valkyria Chronicles four, also known as Valkyria of the Blue Revolution. Um, yeah, that was a no, sorry, thing that happened the, in the universe, that, right? That is the Japanese name. Uh, you've bookmarked the early story as opposed to the later story. Uh, it's called the uh, Valkyria Azure ba- uh, 
Oh, Azure Revolution, I think it's called. Yeah, um, that was a thing that happened in the universe. Was yes, like the Azures would rise it, up. It was all about Ragn- Ragnite anyway. Ragnite. It was all about that. Uh, there's no dates. There's a trailer. Um, it looks very much like one of those games. Uh, look, I've, I will play more Volcano Chronicles. That game is yeah, I can cool. And hopefully they keep that style and doing it like with a PS4 could look very very nice indeed. Uh, next week? No, this week. This week. Uh, Wednesday. Yes, I assume Wednesday in Europe. Um, remember when they said that Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain were coming to PS4 and they said, yeah. we'll be doing it eventually. They just last week dropped a note saying... Is that hey, Wednesday? Wednesday. Man, that was fast. November 24th, <laughs> Beyond Two Souls will be out. Um, oh, it's just it, Beyond. It's not like a double pack? No. It, so yeah. uh, Heavy Rain is coming in March. Sure, okay. That's and fine. if you buy Beyond Two Souls, you will get a discount on Heavy Rain and stuff like that. Um, they are giving it enhancer, um, enhancements. They're remastering some of the graphics. They're increasing the difficulty. Um, they were very specific about a single fight. or like a sp- They have increased the difficulty of a specific fight, was their quote. Sure. No idea what it means. but Okay, I've never played that game, played, so I don't know. People who have played it will probably know what they're talking about. I, am look- I have, have not played that game. I am looking forward to picking it up. It is listed as $30. So I assume in the UK it will be 25 Maybe. Don't know. But sure. We'll see. Um, they're also given the opportunity to play through the game chronologically after you've beaten it. So I think that game jumps about in time a little bit. So yeah. Play it from start to finish. So who knows? It's supposed to be like about Ellen Page's life. Yes. Does it at different points? Her life with William. That was Cole. the Ellen Page one, right? Yes. That was. wasn't the one with the one that looked like Ellen Page, but it wasn't. That was actually Ellen Page. No, that was Last of Us. Right. Ellen Page is Beyond Two Souls. Yes. Ellen Page and William Defoe being William Defoe. Oh yeah, William Defoe said that. Yeah. Not Peter Stormare. No, unfortunately not. He was in something. I saw Stormare. pictures of him uh, as uh, Satan from Constantine. Yeah, he's really good in Constantine as Satan. Jesus, that was a terrifying interpretation yeah. of that character. <laughs> Holy shit. It's just um, Pierre Stormare doing his character active thing. Or just being a complete bastard. And, oh, it was great. Um, did you see any of the buzz around Afro Samurai 2? No, I how, knew it was a thing. I didn't see there was buzz about it. It was a fucking terrible game, apparently. Um, really? There is, I've seen some video footage of it. It is just bad. It looks like a really bad PS2 game. Great. Um, and it has now, Perfect. because of that, been officially pulled um, from Steam and the PlayStation Store. Because according to developer versus Evil General Manager Steve Escalante, the game is a failure. That is from, direct from the guy who made the game... Man, you never get that sort of self-awareness about your video games anymore. Uh, They also said they were planning to do a volume 2 and volume 3 of that story. That is no longer happening. Um, The quote from... This is a quote he was talking to Comics Gaming Magazine, whatever that is. Um, If you look at the reviews, it wasn't that the game was broken or buggy. buggy. People just didn't like it. It was also broken and buggy, but that's not what they said. Um, We could not in good conscience do volume 2 and volume 3 based on the game's reception. Sure. Um, good for those guys. And they are offering a full refund for anyone who's purchased the game. Oh, what good guys uh, they are. The refunding por- program has, quote, been a long process to figure out because Sony has never really had to do this in this way, but we're returning all of the money. So across the board, we are putting out an apology saying sorry about all of this. So it's pity that game is bad, but they're at least making good on it. Uh, we have talked briefly on this podcast about how fucked up the sonic twitter account is yeah it's great 
Uh, as of last week, it seems like Dr. Eggman was in charge of the Twitter account and has been tweeting at such people as Kel Mitchell, the former Nickelodeon child star from Keenan and Kel. Oh, um, Asking if he continues to like orange soda. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. And after Polygon put an article up about it, um, Dr. Eggman tweeted at Polygon as well, which I thought was That's pretty, pretty great. incredible. Um, Let's have conversations with fictitious characters all the time. Yep. Uh, they are posting, like just looking at it now, they are posting terrible Sonic fan art on Fan Art Friday. Uh, they have a bunch of stuff on. Uh, it's it's amazing. They they are actual. They are giving voice messages to people on Twitter as Doctor Robotnik. I don't get what's going on anymore. I have no idea what's going on. I I don't get it. A voicemail like as wait like as they, like they are they are leaving messages for Doctor Eggman. No no Doctor Eggman is leaving messages for people. How what okay. the voice actor for Doctor Eggman is. Tweeting at people. Wow. Okay. Sure. He's tweeting at Madian. Like, oh, the, the 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 yeah EDM artist. Yes. Really? Why? Madian, What's he Madian, saying? Madian tweeted and said, "The only reason I called my album Adventure is to be able to call the next one Madian Adventure Two Battle." And, <laughs> <laughs> That's and Sonic the Hedgehog replied and said, "Bravo! Hit us up. Let's do something awesome next year. It's only a matter of time." Like, great. Uh, that's th- great, yeah, fantastic. The fact that Median made a reference to a really terrible video game, but then it also got responded to by a fake video game character. Yeah. That's great. There's tweet from October 6th. Praise Gaben, Sonic Lost World is arriving on Steam November 2nd. Great. October sure. 2nd, Fan Art Friday, have you ever went fast? Is like that they- a fan art like... Is that, like, the it's, theme for the fan art? No, it's just, like, really terrible MS Paint art. <laughs> like, I don't know who's in charge of this thing, but they are the best thing that Sonic has done in a long time. Uh, I was going to say we should track this guy it's down. great. Um, um, so, yeah, go follow it. It's at, uh, at Sonic underscore Hedgehog if you want to follow yeah. that. It's great. Um, Cloud Strife's going to be in Smash Brothers. Yeah, that was just... bizarre. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so, uh, Nintendo had a direct which didn't Good. have anything particularly huge in it. Uh, more thousands. That was the thing. biggest news. At the that whole time. and Project Cross Zone Two that makes me really sad. I don't have a 3DS anymore. Yeah. Um, they are planning a special Smash Brothers presentation for December. Um, with more details. Yo, clouds in that video game. Yeah, and he does Omni Slash and everything. It's Omni Slashes and summons and yep, limit breaks. I fu- I, it does braver as his up B. I don't. It's yeah, it's insane. Um, very quickly there's a cool article on Polygon about the road to getting Rock Band 4's old instruments up and running on Xbox One it is insane the amount of work they had to do to get that running you should go look that up um, yeah it's 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 a really interesting read actually what they had to do for that uh, Nintendo so do you remember obviously you had a, you had a 3DS uh, did you ever do the stuff with the Street Pass mini games where the rabbit would appear and he would oh, try and sell you mini games? Yes, I, I, did, I did meet the rabbit. Yes, yes, and the, the rabbit will pop out the hole and say, "Hey, I'll do you a deal on these mini games." I'll do this deal. At In least like most... you don't have enough funds, but that's okay. It's fine. You'll just owe me one. 
there'll be a part in the process where we'll deal with that. Oh, they totally should have just made that guy Tom Nook. That would have been great. It would have been great, right? Yeah. As, as opposed to this non-named rabbit. This, this bunny so, that have a name that comes out and is just like, yo, give me, give me $15. You're like, what? Like, no. What? <laughs> so, so the rabbit's back. Oh, or, God. Has he got his own video game? Or at least a dif- different rabbit this time. But there's still a rabbit. So Nintendo put out a free, a free crane game for the 3DS called Nintendo Badge Arcade. Um, it is out in Japan. Came out in Japan last year and made North America and Europe last week. It is a you, you pay a real world dollar for five goes. You pay the bunny for a dollar. Yes, the bunny is 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 in there in like a kind of arcade. Uh, is like it, oh god, no style okay. suit. Why um, is this bunny the most sinister character in video games? So he's a pink bunny this time as opposed to a white bunny, but he's still a bunny. Um, okay. and. They are doing microtransactions. This is the title of the article from Taku. Nintendo explains microtransactions in the most Nintendo way possible, is the header of this article. Um, and there's some screenshots from the 3DS game here, and it's and the bunny says, uh, your first try was free, but plays are five for a dollar from now on. <laughs> and the yo, guys, yo, yo, yo. First hit's free. <laughs> first hit's on me. Then and, you gotta let me hold the dollar. And the, two, the two dialogue options are why and real money? Are the two options? <laughs> sassy with this rabbit. It then follows on and says, uh, "We're set up just like a regular arcade. You've got to pay to play." And the two dialogue <laughs> options are "Gotcha" and "Can't it be free?" And if you say "Can't it be free," the rabbit looks, breaks your kneecap. <laughs> the rabbit looks really surprised. And there's this, but but we'd go out of business. I mean, these badges don't make themselves. You know, we've got to be real about this. We've got to be real. And that's fake. Uh, this, is game best this is the best bit. So, I mean, these badges don't make themselves, you know. We've got to be real about this. At which point, the 3D bunny turns into a picture of a real bunny on the screen and says... Is it it a bunny with, like, a gun over its head? No, 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 it's just a real pink bunny. Our customer's real money is what keeps this place running. Sorry, I don't want to come across as too stubborn here. See, we need real income to support this little venture. It's not just a matter of keeping the doors open and the lights on. We also invest our income in new products, stuff like new badges, new machines. So if you like, this fucking here, bunny. <laughs> so if you like what you're saying here, please consider buying plays. You don't have to pay to come in though, so please feel free to visit any time. <laughs> we give away free plays from time to time, so don't be a stranger. What the fuck are Nintendo doing? Wow, that's How, like I, I will I will very quickly send you the the, the link just so you can see these screenshots. That's so fantastic. Not, so you can see that I'm not lying. But um, I want every DLC interaction to be done by like a fake totally. anime. Like if if I have to do microtransactions with something, like I would rather it be like this fake bunny in a suit that kind of comes and says, "Let's be real." Like I want him to kind of come out and take a chair and turn it around and sit on it and go like, "Come on, guys, let's rap." Like oh man, that's great. It's so good. It is so good. And the wow. best part about the whole thing, right? This game, this badge arcade. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. It's, it's a, just fake you collect, badges. You collect fake badges. That's it. That's all it does. <laughs> but you got a bunny's got to eat. It's got a all these screen, to feed this is from them. the article. All screenshots here from the game slash app slash 3ds decorating program Nintendo yep. Badge Arcade. Got to feed the bunny. That guy's got to feed his meth habit. I want the Nintendo microtransaction bunny to be the next amiibo they make. That'd be great. Yeah. Also, Can I get him alongside my non-existent uh, KKX Slayer one he that have I really name. want but don't have? That's no, the thing he I love doesn't. about this. He's never named. He just appears and says, you should give me some money. 
Hey, one dollar. Like, Let's be what? cool. Let's be cool, guys. It's like it's like a imagine that like in real life, like every so often this like small person just runs up to you and like taps you on the ankle and just kind of goes, "Give me a dollar." Like what? Why? So I'll give you a badge. You're like no, what? <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing? Says, guys, come on, I need to keep the lights on. Here. Guys, let's be real about this. Yeah, I bet I get. Give me a dollar, you get a badge. I'll give you a free one. I'll give you a free. Here's one free. Look at these badges. Look at badges. Come back in a couple of weeks, and then you can get another free one. But one more than that. More I need something. Dollar. <laughs> you need to slide me something here. Come on. It's like slapping his arm the entire time. As many problems as they have with Nintendo uh, these days, some stuff they do really fucking well. And this is one of them. They do that well. They don't need to do that, but when they do it, it's pretty great. So the two big stories of the last couple of weeks, um, this only happened at the weekend, um, in a conversation with Wired, um, uh, sorry, interview with Wired, uh, a Sony representative said, quote, we are working on utilising PS2 emulation technology to bring PS2 games forward to the current generation. We currently have no further comment at this time. So it looks like what they're doing, according to this, is that they are they are emulating they are doing proper PS2 emulation on PS4, is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is again this is from the Kotaku article on this. Um, while Sony doesn't have anything further to say officially, Digital Foundry have looked at the Star Wars games, um, which are already available. Uh, collected a bundle that includes PS2 titles: Star Wars Jedi, Starfighter, Racer Revenge, and Bounty Hunter, which are which seem like they're being emulated um, already. Uh, they're not remakes, they're just emulation of the yeah. PS2 games. Um, and there's a Digital Foundry article on, on how it looks. So if they're using that as their basis, so it sends out these Star Wars games and maybe a trial run to see if they can get the technology working or not. Um, what I assume is going to happen, if I was going to make a rough guess, is this is their this is them taking aim at the 360 emulation for yeah, Xbox totally. One. Um, I think this... I mean, take this with a grace and I'm not an Xbox player, so... Obviously, I'm a Sony crony. Like, what do you want from me? Yes. Um, but I think this might actually be more effective than the 361 because I think that people have... PS2 is one of the... Probably... I think uh, it was the best selling console, console, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, people have a lot of attachment to a lot of PS2 games more yes. than they probably have with 360 games. Mm-hmm. So, if you can... There, are, say, there are games on the PS2 that I would probably want to play again. Especially if you can take all your discs, which a lot of people Yeah, if it have. just works straight out of the box, that'd be great. Yeah, I will finally have a way to play... If it was just your... straight emulation, you can finally get rid of the PS2 that you've got and just use your PS4. Totally, and I can finally... Um... Do you think you'll ever beat... Uh... Oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Mojo King B on hard mode than Guitar Man? Yeah, let me try again. Uh, that controller might be better. <laughs> that controller is a little bit better, so it might actually let me get in there. Don't know. We'll see. But like, Mojo it means I can play like a six three again and stuff like oh, that. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, that's the big thing. It's Guitar Man and SSX three are the big ones for me. Play SSX three again. Yeah, I mean I can now. I have a PS two sitting there, but yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, so yeah, there, there, <laughs> there is no date on that. There's no other details. It's just they are working on it, and they have more details coming soon. So that's better. Yeah. So I'm thinking probably that'll be... What other games on PS2 would you want to play again? I would want to play Alter Echo again. Uh, What? Yeah. I like talking about Alter Echo. It was great. Uh, Rad Gear worked on that game. It was fantastic. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'd want to play my original versions of Metal Gear again. Why? (laughs) That's that's a shit reason to do emulation. What? You can play those games now. 
Does the HD collection exist? Do you just play them yeah, again? Like I've got them already. Like why would I buy them again if oh, I could okay, just play sure. them originally? Um, I had for P- I want to play the PS2 version of Half Life again. Just oh for shit. The co-op modes. Do you remember the co-op mode in that game? Yeah. That we played. That was oh, fucking shit. rock hard. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Spy Hunter. No, not Spy Hunter. Spy Fiction. Oh, the original sweary game. The original sweary game. I'd quite yeah. like to play that again. Um, finally finished Kingdom Hearts Two. The game's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts Two. Yeah, it's it's, it's is a six three for me. Like they're yeah. they the big ones. Um. And yes, yeah, so the final big big story. Um, there's not a lot of de- well, there's a lot of detail in here, but not all of it. I'm, I'm fully up on, so I'll give you the headlines. Um, headline for the attack article: YouTube's finally starting to change their disastrous copyright system. So YouTube's well known for being very much kind of blow a video into oblivion and then ask questions later when yeah. somebody complains about it or like somebody puts DM- DMCA notice on it. Um, so they're saying, uh, it's from the Kataka article, in short, YouTube wants to defend fair use. For a handful of videos, YouTube will refuse to comply with taking notices and leave the videos on the site. It will either even cover legal costs up to a million dollars to defend the video in court. Hmm. Um, so That's this is, good. This is from a blog that it says called A Step Towards Pr- Protecting Fair Use on YouTube. And they're calling it Fair Use Protection. Um, this is a quote from uh, Fred Von Lohmann. Again, another week with a lot of very good names in the industry. Yeah, um, we're doing this because we recognise that creators can be intimidated by DMC by the DMCA counter notification process and the potential for litigation that comes with it. While we can't offer legal protection to every video creator or even every video that has a strong fair use defence, we'll continue to resist legally unsupported DMCA takedowns as part of our normal processes. We believe that a small number of videos we're able to take will make a positive impact on the entire YouTube ecosystem, ensuring YouTube remains a place where creativity and expression can be rewarded. So basically what they're saying is that if they make a couple of key fights and say these videos we are going to protect and we'll fight legally, hopefully that'll stop. That'll put enough fear into the hearts of people of companies who want to misuse DMCA notices yeah. and say like, well, we can't exactly fight Google, so maybe we won't send that completely um, warrantless DMCA. Yeah, um, so actually, there's actually doing things for their creators, which yeah. is good. There's, a, there's an article on Kotaku, I think we talked about it on here a little bit, where there was um, some videos were getting pulled down by, I want to say Screenix, um, for random reasons. It was very, very small YouTube channels. Oh, it was the Persona game. That was what it was. The yeah, Dancing it was Atlas. Light game. Atlas, yeah. Atlas were pulling a bunch of videos down. So that would be the thing where they would say like, hey, you need to have a really specific reason why you want to do this, and we are going to start defending videos. So, I mean, they have not enacted this yet, but hopefully when we um, when they start doing it, we'll see uh, a slightly better um, attitude towards this yeah. stuff. Um, Jim Sterling as well has had, who's been the target of a lot of this, um, especially from, like, I can't remember the name of the series that he does, but he does a video series where he basically plays early access games. Yes. Or, like, the worst early access games. And a lot of those videos have been hit with DMCA notices from the indie developers or the developers that made them. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Because it's such an easy system to do, right? You hit a yeah. button, then it immediately goes down, and then they have to fight for it. And especially when you're somebody like Jim Sterling, whose entire living now is on YouTube, supported by Patreon and stuff like that. Yeah. If he loses his channel, he loses his audience and loses his income. So it's a big deal for people like him. So hopefully this gets better, and this is an improvement on... On what we had. So far we've only had one DMCA notice, which I thought was really funny. Oh um, yeah, we got it for something stupid though. We got we? it for something super dumb. Like I, I can't even remember what it was. It was an Activision. I remember it was Activision. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but ah, we had something it, like that. It was really funny. And it was like a warning as well. They came on and said like 
we might gonna not kill like your this. tiny YouTube channel. We might not like this, but that was it. It was like, yeah, basically I hit a button saying, have you confirmed that you've read that this is potentially infringing? And I went, yes. Yeah. And the video came back. That was it. It's like, okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, that was everything. Um, do you have any other news or is that uh, it? Uh, no, I think I'm good. No, cool. Um, so next couple of weeks, what we got... Um, just cause he comes out next week. I it? saw a bus ad for that game today, and went, holy that. shit, that yeah. must be close. Um, next week, like. next week, second of December, right. some somehow, which I think is next great. Week. Yeah, next Tuesday, next Wednesday. Um, I'll be interested to play that. That game looks insane. It looks like a just cause game, which is fantastic. Yeah, totally. All explosions all the time. Um, I will be. F- Playing Beyond Two Souls, a game I've never mm-hmm. played because I want to pick that up and see. Um, I kind of want to start Soma. I've been saying that for weeks, so you should. We'll you should. You, you should play. So you should play Soma before the end of the year. Yes. Okay. I think it would be an interesting thing to talk about. Okay. Cool. I will. I will start doing that. But um, and I need to finish until dawn as well. I'm, I'm playing my way through that as well. Yes, you do need to finish until dawn. Um. Yeah, that game might come up. Closer to the end of the year. It does some very interesting things. Until on, Yeah, it does yeah. really cool things. Um, so yourself are using a Fallout hole and Fallout, Just Cause, possibly? Fallout, well, if I can get the money together to get Just Cause, then sure. I'll do it. I think I may be able to. But um, sure. if I graduate next week, so maybe... Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Next Tuesday. Sweet. Yeah, next Is Tuesday. Is it a whole ceremony or... Yeah, it's, it's all it's just like graduating again. I went huh. and bought a suit at the weekend. That was an really? interesting experience, yeah. Huh. Uh, uh, that, this is a weird thing as I decide before we finish the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I knew I was going to go buy a suit and um, I have like, I, I'm really good at remembering my dreams and I have like, vivid dreams. I, I, I'm like, a, I am, a, I like lucid I dream. I, I know this to be true. It's yeah. just, yes. And um, I had a dream like a couple of nights before we went to go buy the suit that we were going to buy the suit in the shop in Glasgow where you go to buy suits. Yes. Uh, and I had a dream that we were there and we were looking around the shop and then a young uh, Asian man and a very sharp suit came and like helped us and showed us like the perfect suit and measured us and everything. Mm-hmm. That was great. I woke up and went, oh, that was pretty weird. Went up last Saturday? Saturday. Uh, went, went into the shop, got the left up, blah, blah. We were sitting browsing in the suit. Uh, man taps on the shoulder, turned around, sure enough, young Asian man in a very <laughs> sharp looking suit, shakes my hand and said, are, are you looking for a suit for yourself, sir? I said, I am indeed young Asian man, shortly dressed man. Uh, I am indeed looking for a suit for myself for my own graduation. It's like, oh, like, let me measure, blah, blah. You thought about styles, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, I want a three-piece suit. Like it in a dark charcoal grey. It's like, and what were you thinking of price range? And I went, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And it's like, well, it like, took it through like three price ranges. And I went, okay, let's go for the middle one. And he's like, certainly, sir, I've got the perfect suit just for you. And walked on. Perfect salesman, absolutely perfect salesman. Which you predicted in your dreams. Mindset. Yeah, just predicted it in my dreams. Called, called shot. It was unbelievable. Nice. Um, yeah, then went and bought a suit and did that. Yeah, graduate on Tuesday, so I might get something out of that. Cool. That I um, might be able to spend. Also, on discovered just- that I, I can't remember where I read this, but apparently, people who play video games are much e- uh, are much more able to to lucid dream, which explains yeah, why you're that, so good at it. Yeah. Um, I wish I could, but apparently, I just dream random shit now um you're probably very angry in your sleep yes to your yes fiance. so i had yes so like i that was I, I, did i talk about the, the what i have to wear when i go to sleep now yeah you have to wear a uh, so I've got mouth guards. 
It's not it's not retainer. Oh, mouth guard, sorry. But mouth guard, like just like what you would wear for. Like, you're so angry, you grind your teeth. <laughs> yeah, I get told by my dentist I grind my teeth, and I had a really painful tooth, and it was because I was grinding it in my sleep, and my, my dentist was like, "Okay, you need a mouth guard." So yeah. I went and got a mouth guard, and I've been wearing it for like two weeks now, or something like that. Went to work on Friday. Uh, got to lunchtime. Took a bite out of a sandwich. Blinding pain in my jaw. Oh, <laughs> like not in my tooth. So the tooth jaw? pain is gone. The headaches are gone. But I apparently I'm now just chewing the the mouth chewing guard the mouth so guards. heavily that I'm doing something to my jaw. So it appears to have corrected itself. I don't know whether it's healing or mocking it back into place or something. I don't know. It's very painful. But enough about me. Uh, that's the, the, I think I'll, I've got no segue for that at all. No, Let's finish just, this up. Uh, we are Game Engine Start, and you can find our stuff at GameEngineStart.com, which is where you find all of our articles, podcasts, and videos. We'll be up there. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Game Engine Start, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameEngineStart.com is our email address if you need to get in touch. Uh, YouTube.com slash GameEngineStart is our YouTube channel where all videos go, usually a day before they go up on the main site. Uh, I am working on fixing that. I have a plan to see if it works. <laughs> you guys don't get to experience the like chats I have with you and about <laughs> him fixing the site. As like... He explains to me that there's like, oh, there's a bug on the site, and I'll ask him what it is. And he'll explain the bug, and I'll be like, oh, cool. And he'll go into how he, ex- he explains how to fix it. I was like, I don't understand any of this. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I have to sit between you and my fiance and listening to how biology works. I have no idea. And Oh, that's true. Yeah, but that rare, that, that only happens on little moments. Totally. I can, I can talk to you about your programming shit at any point. <laughs> that's true. Um, I had a great moment during the weekend, just the final thing. Uh, we're finishing up uh, Lego Jurassic Park, and there is a little mini game in there where you have to create, because you know the, the spoilers for Jurassic World, but you know, um, <laughs> Abdominal Abdominable Rex is like part raptor or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like part raptor and part jellyfish. Like, yeah, or something. And then, like the science behind it is complete bullshit. There's, yeah. a, there's a mini game in there where you basically have to splice together the DNA for Abdominal <laughs> Rex. And, I bet your fiance enjoyed yeah, that. So the whole thing is that like it shows you the DNA helix and there's a red thing with a bit missing and you have to match it to the matching color that's further on in the helix. And yeah. you, just, you literally click on the thing and it puts it in and says, Raptor DNA added. And there's another one that's like, Jellyfish DNA added. And I turned to her and went, Your job's a piece of piss. And the look she gave me was ridiculous. Yeah, you don't, you don't mess with the geneticists. You don't. Um, but that's us. We'll be back in two weeks. Enjoy whatever video games you are. You play. Uh, yeah. whatever. Video games. Aye, play them. Those. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then. Yeah. Bye.